And your story is written in the waiting too. It's not like your story is written when you get the thing you want. Like a story is written through the process. Hi everyone, I'm Annika and this is the Tried and Truth Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Tried and Truth Podcast. If you're tuning in for the first time, welcome. So glad you're here. This week, we're sitting down with podcaster, author, wife, and mom, Tara Sun. If you have found yourself anxious or gripping control often, yes, right? Can we all raise our hand to that? Or maybe worried you don't have a five-year plan mapped out like it seems like everybody else does, or maybe you've run yourself ragged trying to figure everything out. You're going to be so encouraged by this conversation with Tara. She's sharing more on her latest book that talks all about surrendering your story and more on her journey towards the freedom from control that I think we're probably all on as well. So we're talking about greater awareness in those seasons of waiting and how our story is truly being written even in those seemingly quiet seasons. I'm excited for you to hear this conversation with Tara. Take a listen. Tara, thanks for hanging out with us on the podcast today. So excited that you're here. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much, friend. It's already been a joy to hang out with you. Friends listening, we already like gabbed for like 10 minutes before this and we're fast (laughs) friends. So I'm like so excited for this conversation and honored you'd have me on. So thank you. Oh, so fun. Such a treat. Okay. Tell us a little bit about you, where you're at, a little bit about your story and, and let's talk about all the things. All the things. Such a huge question. (laughs) I've tried to be like, okay, how can we make this succinct? But, you know, there's so many layers to people. So my name is Tara. Um, My middle name is Sun, actually, Um, kind of like how we penned my name online in the podcast and stuff. But my husband and I live in Oregon with our almost one-year-old son, Hunter. So we are very much in the thick of new parent life, which is such a blessing. Um, We're having so much fun with him. He is wild and free and all boy. And so he keeps us on our toes. Um, So we're new parents and also just like living for the Lord and serving the Lord here in Oregon and um, just on the ministry slash work side of things. Um, I started a blog and Instagram like four or five years ago and the Lord really spun it into a podcast called Truth Talks with Tara. So I have a special place in podcasting, you know, for um, podcasting in my heart that is. Um, And so just love to help women know, love and live God's word. So really just dig into questions we have or scripture from the word. Um, and we have amazing conversations with friends there as well. Um, and then the newest thing that I'm so excited about is, um, on March 7th, I will be officially a published author. Um, I wrote surrender your story. The subtitle is ditch the myth of control and discover freedom in trusting God. So this is my baby. I literally turned my manuscript in the six days before I birthed my actual baby. So it feels (laughs) like, um, two babies at once. And this book actually comes out on my son's first birthday. So it's this really cool. Um, full that is circle, amazing, right? It's this. It's this really fun full circle moment. So, um, just really passionate about helping women find freedom, interesting God with their stories, and the surrender that comes with it. Because through a lot of things in my life, that's one of like the biggest themes God has taught me. So that's a little bit about me. I love it. Okay, so you're literally raising two babies. This is funny, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> two totally different kinds of babies. Okay, yes. so. In your book, Mm -hmm. you talk all about the freedom from control and surrendering. So, I mean, like, hello, we all need to hear that. So tell us a little bit about the why behind this book. Obviously, it's something that so many people need, want, desire right now. So share a little bit about your heart behind the book. 
Absolutely. You kind of nailed it on the head. I feel like this is something that's super like relevant for where we are today in our world. But also if we think about it, it's been a problem since the beginning of time, like literally control and going their own way was why Adam and Eve took the bite of the apple. Like they wanted to be God. They wanted to see what life was like when they followed their own path. So this isn't just a 2023 problem. It's a human problem since the beginning. And we see that in our lives, whether you're a type A person like me, I don't know about you, but like I'm very type A. Okay. Okay. So we're on the same page. Um, Yes. So very type A, very like organized, like very forward thinking, which is not a bad thing, but We see this in any type of personality where we really have this idea of the way that our lives are going to play out or the the way that our stories are going to unfold. And a lot of times it doesn't happen, right? Life just happens. Twists and turns happen. We get frustrated, disappointed, hardships happen. And so we are tempted to just, I say multiple, multiple times in in the book to have this death grip on our lives instead of living open-handedly. And so for me, this came about in a lot of different ways. I feel like there are themes in our stories. Like God takes us through a lot of different things in our lives, right? But I feel like sometimes in our testimonies, there are things that stand out to be really obvious, like trials or lessons we learned. And for me, that was this idea that I thought I was in control, that I was just living the easy life and then things happened and I was tempted to question, God, are you good? God, are you really in control? I can't trust you, right? Because you're not doing what I want. And so through a chronic illness diagnosis when I was 14 and then dropping out of college and um, just waiting on a lot of desires that were left unfulfilled from the Lord really led me to find out what it really meant to find freedom because striving and hustling and running yourself ragged is a result of control. And I had felt that to my bones. I had felt tired and like, I'm spinning my wheels. I'm not getting anywhere. And so that's when the Lord really took me on the journey to figure out what does it mean to be a disciple of Jesus? And that actually means giving up your life to him. And that's a hard thing to hear, but that's just really where it came about. Yeah. Just that idea of like the grip that you're talking about. Mm -hmm. And I don't think we often think that, um, that striving or the stress comes from a root of control, Yes, right? We think that it's out of something we, especially for a lot of our listeners who are women or moms, it's like, you feel like, but if I can do and fix, and we don't Mm -hmm. see that as control, we see that as like our ability to, to nurture and to take care of and to have things in order. But a lot of it is actually kind of rooted in the wrong thing, which is just this mm-hmm. true desire to have control over everything. Right. And we don't right. realize how much stress we actually cause in that place. And like, that's not right. actually what we're intended to have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I like how you said that because I feel like even just as a new mom myself, like you kind of make yourself feel better by saying like, oh, well, it's my job or I have to do this. or There's so much on my plate. And so we like make these excuses, but then we like really exhaust ourselves and then we make it an excuse to hold on when God says, yeah, you can work hard and you can be diligent and I don't want you to be lazy. Like Proverbs tells us all the time, like, don't be a sluggard, right? Um, work heartily. But there's a difference. There's this tension that we live between about working heartily, but then not taking the steering wheel away from the Lord and thinking that we're in control. And usually we see a problem of control in our lives when something happens that was not in our plan. How do we respond to that? Okay. So for me, when I was diagnosed with a chronic illness, that was something that I never planned for or something I never thought. And the way I responded was a distrust in the Lord. And that revealed, oh, I have a control problem because I thought that life was going to go according to my plan. So that's just kind of like a little, I don't know, like an analyzation kind of question to see like, oh, do I really actually struggle with that? And for me, I did. 
That's good. Okay. So total new mom question. Are, are you yeah. the mom that has like at three o'clock in the afternoon and then there's an hour and a half nap and then we do this exact thing at four. So is that you since you're type A mom? So I'm pretty type A. Yes. So ever since Hunter came down or came down, came from the hospital, came home from the hospital, like we like definitely those first couple months, right? It's like, you're in a fog. You're just trying to get him fed. You're trying to like recover because you're, you're like everything hurts. Right. Um, but we've been definitely like helping him be on a routine or a schedule. And I'm not going to lie when he was a couple months old, I was a little too I'm a little too strict about it. I was a little too crazy. Okay. Um, and although he's always really thrived off of that, it was making me anxious. It was making me crazy. Um, and so now that we're, you know, 11 months out, I'm like, I'm so much more relaxed, um, which has helped me a lot. But yes, I am that kind of mom where, you know, I do that, but also he's very predictable. So I'm glad he loves to sleep because I love the nap time. <laughs> of course. Uh, well, I love that you've written a book all about this and just your yeah. own personal story, because I think, you know, when people can hear someone who's gone through it, they find right. their, their selves in a part of that story, whatever part yeah. that is. But I think we all have a, um, we have a hard time surrendering. We have this false mm -hmm. reality or this false impression that I think things like social media scrolls uh, feed us. I think yeah. it gives this false impression of, of those, I don't know, it kind of reorders our priorities. And, yeah, yeah, and, that's yeah. good. No, that's really good. I appreciate that you said that because I don't think that's come up a lot about our priorities because we really make life me-centric when we have a problem yes. with control. Because I'm saying this not to call anyone out, but like maybe, but also because like it's a problem that I've had. Like I've just become so me-centric about my life in those times where everything has to go the way I want and my, my priority is not the Lord and his will. And so I really like how you just made it so simple. Like, yeah, it's it's a problem with priority really. And it's a problem with our affection. Like our affection is more towards ourselves, what we want than truly being like captured by the Lord. Okay. I want to talk a little bit about what you talk about in the book about trusting God with our stories, the seasons mm -hmm. that all of us are in. Everyone who's listening yeah. is in a different season right now. And so what does that practically look like? And, and the words that you've written and kind of what you've read and looked into as well. Uh, talk yeah. to us a little bit about what that looks like. Yeah. Trusting God is this huge, like, it almost feels like this just very ambiguous thing where it's like you, you're told by God's word, you're told by friends and family, like trust God. And then you're like, sure. Um, but like how, and, uh, something bad happens and I don't actually want to, like, I literally, this is a revelation I had yesterday. Like there was something that was giving me anxiety. And I remember my husband saying like, you just need to give it to the Lord. You need to trust him with it. And I literally said out loud, this is a vulnerable moment. I'm like, I don't want to because mm -hmm. and, I'm, I, I'm, and I sat there, I'm like, wow. Because I felt like for me that I could handle it better or for some reason, the stress and the busyness was this badge of honor that made me more important or something. So I didn't want to let that go. We have this, I think this false perception of holding on to things and trusting ourselves makes us better, makes us more popular, makes us more credible. But so this idea of trusting God is actually so freeing because it's not a passive lifestyle. Like I want you to know that as listeners, like it's not like I'm just going to like let God go and I'm not, I'm going to sit here on my hands and I'm not going to do anything. Trust is so active. There is a word that we use in the book, like chapter four, we talked all about, about trusting God's timing. 
in chapter four, there's this word in Hebrew that literally means trust means to weld yourself to God. So it's this idea of, if you think about a welder, think about like soldering metals together. When you do that through the fire, which is like, you can think of the struggles and the trials of your life through the fire, through the time, through the melding, through the joining, you are attached yourself. You have attached yourself so closely to God that when good times and bad times happen, that you're like, oh, I'm connected to God so I can trust him. So I think that's the key is staying so connected to our true vine in John 15, that when something happens, we're like, okay, I'm so close to God. I know him so well. I am so intimately connected. I have welded and attached myself to him so that when something happens, that's out of my control any need to trust God, I'm right there with him because trust is really hard when we've distanced ourselves from the Lord. Trust is really hard when we're, when we're not attached and willed and, and connected to him because trust, like when we are in a position where we need to, the enemy wants to isolate us and tempt us to believe other things and not trust God's promises. But when you're so close to the Lord, you can hear him you remember his promises. And so that's a huge key. And I loved looking into that Hebrew word of literally putting it into so much practical focus for me. It's like, okay, trusting, if I want to trust God, I got to know God. I got to be close to God, you know? Welding. I love Welding. That. Yeah. Yes. Like just, and you're so right. Like this idea of just the heat and yeah. the fire that goes into that, that yeah. place that really strengthens it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, totally. There's actually, there's so many inspiring stories of how God has used people's trust. And again, in the book, I share like three or four stories of people in history that I loved. Um, And one of them was Desmond Doss, basically just like a Oh, why do you even describe it? He was um, basically just like helping people like recover from war. He wasn't like actually like fighting or shooting and stuff like that. I guess he was like a, like a, Oh, I'm totally blanking on my words, but he had this idea that he wanted to be a part of the army and he wanted to serve the Lord. And this was his whole idea, but he was a pacifist. And so he's like, I don't want to shoot anyone. So that, first of all, didn't really make any sense, <laughs> but then God was like, I still want you to be a part of this, but you're actually going just to help people heal. You're going to recover. And God used him, turned his story around and he used him to save probably, I'm trying to remember the number, 70 or 80 men. Um, literally on this battle, on this ridge, he literally hoisted them down and saved 70 or 80 men. And so he had his plan. Desmond had his plan of what he wanted to do, but he trusted the Lord and God did a really cool thing with his trust. It wasn't a part of what he wanted, but he turned it around for even a greater glory because God used him in such amazing ways. And so I love that idea of what God can do with our trust, because a lot of times I think that like, oh, well, I can do a lot with my life and I can really, um, especially, you know, if I'm very motivated and I'm very skilled, which we're all very gifted in many ways, it's not discounting our gifts, but we think we can do it on our own. But I think what we need to like realize and take heart in is that God can do so much more with our trust and our surrender than he, than he will with our control. Like we can't do anything when we're fists, you know, balled up. We can't actually be open handed and surrender to what God has. So I think it's um, just reminding ourselves that like God can do way more than we can. And he just wants to blow our minds, you know? For sure. And it just makes me think of earlier, you said this idea of the badge of honor and thinking of if I'm going after my badge of honor versus the story you just told, which is like surrendering. This isn't about my badge of honor, but about Mm -hmm. using my gifts for whatever it is that you need me to do versus I'm going to go out and use my gifts and get this badge of honor. (laughs) So so interesting when you kind of flip the script a little bit. Well, yeah. I mean, think about like where we came from, like Ephesians two tells us that like we were literally 
created like our salvation and our lives are not because of anything we did, but because of what Christ did. And then Romans 11 36, I was thinking about this this morning um, for from him and to him and through him are all things. And so if we just come back to that, okay, so we are made for God, we are made through God and we're for God, right? So we just have to remember that. And I think that puts things in perspective because it's like, it's not for from me and to me and through me are all things. It's God. Um, and I was really convicted of that verse this morning. That's such a good truth to go back to. Cause I think we get part of it right. But I think the end is like, we finished that phrase with for me. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> By God, through God for me. Right. Right. And I think something that I want to also just maybe give a permission slip to everyone listening and to us and to myself is that this idea sounds like, oh, like I'm giving up my life. Like it's all about God. And like, you kind of sit here and you feel like, oh, like, I just like, I feel like not that important. And I feel like this is hard and where do I fit in? And I just want to tell you that God created you. And so he knows you, he knows exactly how you're supposed to fit into this world. And when we go after what the secular world says, or what the enemy says that we should be living our lives, like, like manifesting and controlling, it might get us somewhere, but it's not going to get us the satisfaction and the purpose and the fulfillment we want. And so knowing that, like when we give our lives over an open-handed surrender, it may feel like our hands are empty, but God actually gives us more than we could ever imagine. And so it's this beautiful trade-off. So I just want you to know that like, when we talk about this hard idea of surrender, which I know it's hard, that you're not, you're not left empty-handed, which I think is very important to also note. <laughs> no, that's really good. And I always love this idea of, I kind of share it as like this box we've put around our lives and we, it's like we Sharpie, like we can only fathom what we can see or what we mm, know is good. possible. And so it's like, okay, but what if that was like a penciled line and we can use yeah. an eraser and just open up those possibilities? Because I think you're right. I think you can do infinitely beyond anything we can ever ask or think. Yep. Yeah. But it's like, we're trying to do what we know and what we think. And so we are actually selling ourselves short. Wow. Yeah. Right? Yes. That's so good because I mean, not to again, discount your giftings and your, your capacity, but knowing that like God blows you away and he has so much more in store. He wants to partner with you. Like that is the coolest thing. And I just, it's, it's just a grace and a mercy that we get to be a part of it. I have to remind myself it's like a humbling reality because often I try to take the steering wheel away and say, I'm Lord of my life, but like the Lord needs to humble me. And then I get to find freedom in that for sure. Okay. So let's talk about the speed of this because yes, <laughs> yes. I think sometimes this idea of, okay, you know, trusting in certain areas or releasing the grip in certain areas, whatever that is, whether that's mm -hmm. something you're wishing for wanting or desiring in your personal life or professional yeah. life. Uh, but I think there's something in our idea of time and our idea of waiting. And mm -hmm. I'd love for you just to share a little bit about your experience or your thoughts on waiting versus mm -hmm. making it happen a lot faster. <laughs> yeah. 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 Totally. Um, I shared this Instagram post like a year ago. And again, it was in the thick of me thinking about this book and this message. And it was literally, God gave me this word that it literally was like, just because you can right now, doesn't mean that God wants you to, it went something along that effect. So again, like you said, we're in this culture of like, people will tell you why wait when you can have it now. Um, you can order something off of Amazon and get it the next day or in two days. Like you, it's just instant gratification. That's the world we live in. And so that message kind of seeps into our lives, even as Christians. And we're like, Oh, like, I don't have to wait. Like this opportunity is here. I'm just going to do it. But not saying the opportunity is bad, but what happens is we don't consult the Lord about making our decisions and walking at his pace. And instead we start walking at our pace. And so when I think about like my life and some of the biggest things that was hard for me to wait for is 
this may sound super silly to some people listening, but um, my husband and I started dating when we were really young. We were like seniors in high school um, and we ended up not getting married until we were like four years after that four years or something like that. So we dated for a long time. And in the Christian community, I'm going to preface that in the Christian community, that's a long time, right? Because sure. you're like, you're, you're told like, Hey, like when you find the one, like, you know, get married in like a year. And so for us, like, sometimes I would tell people like, just get married right away. But looking back on my story and what God's done, I'm like, it's not always the case. Like, it's not a bad thing to wait. Like it was so torturous for me to wait as hard as, as silly as that may sound to some people, but it was so difficult because I was just not trusting God's timing and I wanted to manipulate it. I made my my uh, boyfriend, now husband, feel bad about the timing of it all. And I'm just really <laughs> impatient about it. And what I realized through it was that like, what's wrong with waiting? Waiting is praised so much in God's word. He tells us that endurance is produced, hope is produced, all these amazing things, characters produced through our waiting. What I love about God is that he doesn't waste those moments. Is that for us, we think that why wait when we can have it now? But by not waiting and walking at God's pace, which is sometimes a lot slower than ours, we're missing out on a lot in the in-between. We're missing out on, don't we want to be more and like, you know, endure more? Don't we want to have more hope? Don't we want to be, you know, built up in our character and sanctified? And so for me, walking at God's pace, um, I like to describe it in the book is it's the supporting character is that patience is this thing that makes surrender even more possible because surrender says, have it now go fast when patience is like, okay, walk at God's pace because he has you and he's going to produce a lot of really cool things in the waiting. And your story is written in the waiting too. It's not like your story is written when you get the thing you want. Like a story is written through the process. And so we talk about a character that literally in God's word in the Old Testament, like his whole story was characterized by waiting and patience and how we have promises from God that we know in the word. And it's hard to sit in the in-between when we know God's promised us something, right? But how we see in his life that God created so much opportunity and testimony in that. And so walking at God's pace really is just being yielded to what he has um, and knowing that like his ways are ultimately higher, like Isaiah tells us. That's really good. Okay. So this is kind of a funny story. So right before Christmas, um, this gal that I follow on Instagram, she like st released this set of mugs or whatever. And one of yeah, them said yeah. something like growing in the waiting. And I immediately was like, I must have this. Love mug. It. I don't know about you, but like in the morning I picked the mug based on my feels. <laughs> and so <laughs> when I saw this mug, I was like, this is the thing I am going to have the feels every single day for like growing yeah, yeah. in the waiting. And yep. so I can remind myself in those seasons, cause we're all like every single human is waiting for something. You're waiting for that email to be returned, the acceptance letter from the job or the school yeah. or you know, you're waiting to have a child or get married or any, like we're all in a season of yeah. a short waiting or a long waiting. Yeah. But this reminder that like every day, grab that coffee mug, like I am it's growing good. while I'm waiting for this season of so parenting good. or this season of, you know, professional life or whatever it is. It's like growing in the waiting. And yes. I feel like to associate those two words together, I think sometimes you feel like waiting. Oh, I don't like the way that feels, but it's like, okay, but growing growing and I'm yeah. growing while I'm waiting. And so you yeah. can kind of have these both pieces, but yeah, I had to buy the mug so that I could tell myself it's good, <laughs> get the feels like waiting yes. is good. And even yeah. just like little things that we've been trying to work on, you know, as a mom, I feel like, how do I raise my kids in, in a generation that literally has zero, zero knowledge of waiting? Yeah. 
And so, especially like over the course of the last few years, you know, when we weren't like, you're not going into restaurants, like everything was takeout or pick up at curbside or it's true. So, like, so even just like, it's so painful sometimes, sometimes yeah. there's joy in it, but like taking everybody yeah. to a restaurant and the other day we took them, they're like, what are they doing back there? I'm like, they're cooking your food. <laughs> they they actually time to cook. Oh my food. gosh. So, you know, I think it's, it's so something funny. that we're, yeah. we are not wired to wait and there's something we can beautifully right. rejoice in that I am growing and I am changing and I am being transformed and all right. the good things that come in that season of waiting, but also just thinking about how we impart this, like yes. training our, our kids in the next generation, whether that's people that you mentor or people that you pour into yeah. knowing and being aware that it is even harder yeah. for them because they don't they don't know anything other than what it is now and so i right. think you know people like you and i we are kind of split in these generations of like we had to wait for some things but the latter yeah. part of our life we didn't and so they just don't have to wait for anything right. so thinking about how do we train them and produce yeah. the character of mm-hmm. perseverance and resilience and waiting in their lives too so yeah, yeah, such, yeah a, no. such a good reminder I think that's so important. I like how you said the perseverance and resilience part. I was literally thinking, like we talk about in the book that impatience is literally literally the antithesis or the enemy to surrender. Because when you're impatient, it causes you to crawl back up on the throne and tell yourself that you're Lord of your life or get behind the steering wheel when that only belongs to the Lord and kind of just do your own thing. And impatience in my own life, I've seen it or something happens. And I'm like, I don't want to wait for it. And so what it tempts me to do is not like stop for a moment and ask the Lord what to do in prayer. I'm just like, okay, it's a good option. And I think that's a really good distinction too, is that there are some really cool options and decisions in your life. We have a whole chapter about how to make decisions biblically, but there's a lot of these things. And we're like, okay, it just seems good. I'm going to do it. We need to be yielded to the Lord in everything. And that means being patient enough just to stop and be like, okay, even if it's a good thing, Lord, what do you want me to do? I'm going to be patient. That's a really cool way to exercise your patience and to exhibit that fruit. And one last thing I would say on this is that if this feels really hard, if any of this feels really hard, but specifically patience, like we're talking about, like you literally don't have to do it alone and you can't do it alone. That's actually really good news. Like it sounded really (laughs) depressing, but like you can't do it on your own. And it's a good, it's a good thing because Galatians five tells us that the fruit of the spirit, one of those is patience. And so it's not saying that it's the fruit of Tara, although you do need to produce that in your life. Like I do need to produce that as a Christian. But like, it's a fruit empowered by the spirit. It's not empowered by myself. Like I go to the spirit for him to produce that in me. So that's something that's really helpful to know is that you don't have to do it on your own. Just ask the spirit to help you produce that because he wants you to be patient. Um, And so that gives me a lot of freedom to know that I don't have to do it on my own. (laughs) Oh, that's so good. And I love how you said it's the antithesis of of surrender. I'd never really thought of it that way. Um, It kind of got me thinking too, just about this idea that if love is patient, if love is patient and I know that, you know, we're called to love, but like we are also loved and we should also love ourselves, like giving us that gift of being patient. Yeah. It's a gift. I love that you said that. It is a gift. It is. It doesn't feel like it, but if we doesn't, yeah, if we have that eternal perspective, it, it is. Yeah. It's the gift. You're like, why are you giving this to me? But yet you end up using it every day. Yeah, like, <laughs> okay, thank you. I really thank want you. That, thank yep. you. Yep. <laughs> yes, but thank you. This is the gift you actually so you might needed. Um, yes. 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 
Okay. So, uh, okay. So with this book out there and all the things that you have, I'm going right yeah. now, like, what is your, what is your one hope? Cause there's, you know, there's the podcast, there's yeah. all the other things that, that you do and write and all that fun stuff. Um, but with this book, what are you hoping is kind of like the number one thing people take away when they pick up this book, if they've kind yeah. of already followed along or they're following along or reading for mm-hmm. the first time your work, what would you say? No, I love that. You know, I thought a lot about this and there are so many things, but I think the main thing I pray and I desire and I hope for this book um, is that people would come to it, whether you feel apprehensive of surrender or whether you're just not sure. And you would walk away knowing that you're free, that you're free in Christ to do this and that you don't have to run yourself ragged anymore, that you don't need to put the pressure on yourself to control things because God is better and he's better at being in control. And so that's, I mean, all in all, just want people to know that there's freedom in this because it sometimes feels like surrender is putting you in bondage, that it's boxing you in, that it's limiting your options. Mm. But knowing that God created us to find freedom and John 10, 10, the most abundant life when we actually lay our lives down, it's a backwards kingdom, but it's a beautiful kingdom. Like God said a lot of things, or Jesus said a lot of things on earth that didn't make sense. But when you know him, they actually make sense and they're right side up. And so that's my biggest hope is that you would find freedom and know that life is so much better when you let God take the lead. Um, but yeah, that's that's my prayer. That's a good hope. I, I, yeah. I'm hopeful for that hope to come yes. to fruition and yeah. people to find freedom there. I think that's that's beautiful. Yeah. Um, okay, so as a as a writer, as a mom, as a podcaster, um, as a creator, really, like you're a creative yeah. um, out there too. Um, what is one thing you wish you had told yourself sooner? Yeah, I know I'm not that old. Um, and people are like, you're so young. And I'm like, okay, there, there's something there to be said, like, doesn't matter your age. But I think in that, to know that you don't have to have it all figured out. Because when I was in high school, um, no matter what age you're listening to now, like you don't have to be in high school. But when I was in high school, I thought that, okay, I need to have my college laid out. I need to have my my five-year plan laid out. And then that would be set in stone for me for the rest of my life, for my career or for whatever that looks like. And I was so wrong. And I'm so glad that I was wrong because God changes that all the time. And I'm not where I thought I was going to be, but I'm so glad I wasn't. But I put so much pressure on myself and society puts so much pressure on yourself to have it figured out when, again, that's putting emphasis on you figuring out when God's story is really cool and it it ebbs and it flows. And so just to like take that pressure off yourself to like, you don't need to figure out your five-year plan. Like just walk day by day faithfully with the Lord and he's going to show you. Um, and so I think that's really cool to know that. And um, I feel like all of us have witnessed that in our life. Like it doesn't pan out the way we thought, but you don't have to have it figured out. And that's, that's freedom. <laughs> Yeah. And nobody does. And nobody does. I think we have such a false perception that people do. And yes, yes. Yeah. And they don't, and you don't have to, it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just take it day by day as cheesy as that sounds, honestly. Like my dad always says, he's like, I'm going to wake up every morning and I'm going to say, Lord, I love you. And I'm going to follow you today. And he's like, and I'll try my best to do that. Although I'll make mistakes. I will try my best. He's like, and then I'll get up the next day and I'll do it again. I'm like, okay, I love that. (laughs) Oh, I love that. That is so good. Yep. Yep. So good. Okay. So you obviously still have a lot ahead of you because you're, you're so young and vibrant um, and so (laughs) fun. Um, But I would love to know, like, how, how do you view success when you're, you know, you've, you've seen success, but you're also on a journey towards, you know, a successful life, like based on the truth that you believe. And so how do you, how do you kind of embark on that journey? 
Success has really um, changed in my mind over the last year having a son. And mm. whether you're a mom or not, um, I hope this encourages you because I just, I thought for a long time, because like before Hunter, like I was doing my thing, like time was really my own and was very selfish now looking back, you know? Um, and now having my son, my success is first and foremost, like found in keeping my priorities straight, really as weird as that sounds like I've been convicted, like, okay, success is following God first and then my husband and then my son. And then everything else is below that. I love getting to do this. And I love getting to be on the mission and knowing that you can be so multifaceted as a mom. I can be so multifaceted as a, as a woman too. Um, but just, I feel like my definition of success is just faithfulness to the big and the small things and um, just really keeping what's first first, because success often tells you from the world standpoint that you need to hit six figures and have this amount of numbers and these kind of things. And it's like, no, I just want to be successful at being faithful to God and then my family, because a lot of times I am tempted to hustle at my work and then forget that my family is first priority, which not that I ever treat them that way, but like mentally in your heart and your mind, sometimes work can take over any of these things. Um, and so I just want to get back to the basics and know that success is just faithfulness to God really. And then serving my family. It's a good reminder for anyone who's listening, just kind of press pause today and just say, where, yeah. where are my priorities? Yeah. I love what, um, Nicole Zazowski, uh, was on the podcast, I think about a year and a half ago, but she just talked about this idea of reordering your loves. And I've just like pulled that tagline so many yeah. times in my own life of like, where are my loves? Cause we love a lot of things. We don't realize yeah. how many things we love, but there's yeah. a lot of things yeah. that we love. And so just really looking at where those desires of my heart are. Yeah. And yeah. I think that because that ends up being where our time goes. And so yeah. making sure that we just kind of pause and reset because they kind of get a little bit out of line. Right, right. Life life happens. And I think we just, yeah. we put the ducks in yeah. wrong order. Right, <laughs> so. right. Yeah. So it's just like, I just want to be faithful to God and that success in itself. And then that will overflow into my marriage and then my parenting. And then also this writing, all the things like, but just being successful or faithful, maybe a better word in that. And then just letting it fall into its right place. So good. I love it. Okay. Well, tell everyone who's listening where they can find you, the name of the book again, and anything yeah. else that you want to share or leave us with today. Yay. Oh, thank you so much, friend. This has been so fun. I know we're so fast fun. friends. We could talk for even, even longer, but it's already, you know, it's already been a bit. Um, but yes, I would love for you to pick up a copy of Surrender Your Story, um, Ditch the Myth of Control and Discover Freedom and Trusting God. You can find it anywhere books are sold. Um, it releases on March 7th. So depending on when you're listening to this, you can pre-order or you can just grab a copy if it's um, on launch day or after. Um, would love to hear your thoughts on that. So literally anywhere books are sold. And then also you can um, hang out with me on my podcast, Truth Talks with Tara, and then also on Instagram at Miss Tara Sun. So, so much over there. Um, but today's been a joy. Thank you for letting me share here. It's it's a huge honor. Well, thanks for listening in on this great conversation with Tara. If you enjoyed this conversation, would love for you to take a few quick seconds, especially if you listen on Apple Podcast, scroll to the bottom of the show and tap on the stars or leave a review, or let me know what stood out to you in this episode. I love hearing what resonated with you so I can continue to find guests that will continue to build you up in areas of your life where you need those reminders. So if you haven't already, would also love for you to subscribe to the podcast or share this episode with a friend. And now I will leave you as I do in every conversation with today's truths and takeaways. Number one, trust is active. 
Number two, God can do so much more with our trust than with our control. Number three, your story is being written in the waiting too. The waiting is not wasted. Number four, you can't do it on your own, and that is actually a good thing. Number five, you don't need to figure out your five-year plan. You don't have to have it all figured out. Just walk day by day faithfully, and he's going to show you. Number six, keep what's first first. Success can be found in keeping our priorities straight. And lastly, number seven, when we give our lives over in open-handed surrender, it may feel like our hands are empty, but God actually gives us more than we can ever imagine. Thanks for tuning in and until next time.